You picked a good night to be here because this is the final night of our, our victory series. And um, well, this, is, this may be the final night of our victory series, but like I said, this is our theme this year. We're going to continue to hear about this uh, more this year. So, um, and so take, take notes. Some things are going to be super practical tonight. For hope, Hopefully you have victory in your life. Um, hopefully the truth, truths that are talked about tonight... Um, will will help you, and the truths that have been talked about through this series will help you to continue have victory in your li- in your life. You need to know this tonight. You need to know this in our lives. A, a lot of times we act like we're victorious, but in reality, if we really just evaluate our lives, we're not. If we look at things in our lives, we're not. Um, in, in our in our flesh, we cannot win. We, we, we get defeated again and again and again and over and over again because what happens is that sin in our lives defeats us. It defeats us and, and shame in our lives beats us down and we, we begin to think and act and, and like we're no good and we're worthless and we let it beat us down. But the, the reality of Jesus Christ on the cross, he overcame these sins in our lives and this shame and, and these things in our lives that we hold on to. And he came and established victory for us in our lives, for his people and the beautiful thing about it is that he makes that available for every single one of us. If you're a follower of Jesus, victory is available for you. You can live a victorious life free from sin. I don't know about you guys, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Can someone say amen? amen? All right. So tonight, sharing with you some really just practical, simple things that I think will help you too when it comes to the decisions that you make every day from this day forward. Um, and if, if you can learn to practically apply this question that I offer to you tonight, I think you will begin to see some incredible victories in your life. And the question is this. Here's the question that I want you to know. I want you to write this down. The question is this. What would a champion do? What would a champion do? And here's, I want to tell you guys, um, how many of you guys play sports currently? Or how many of you guys have played sports before? How many of you guys have never played sports? There's a few of us, and that's okay. And that's okay. Uh, But you need to know this. I'm going to tell you this right up front. I'm going to use some sports references tonight. And so hopefully you're going to be able to follow along. I think you will because it's pretty simple stuff. Um, But my hope and my goal is that you'll be able to see some victories in your life. So the question is this, that you need to ask yourself, what would a champion do? The second thing you need to ask yourself is what would Debbie do? (laughs) WWDD. What would you got to? If you don't know who Debbie is, she's sitting right back here. Debbie is an angel. She's so good and so amazing. If you ever get in a situation in your life, you're like, "What would Debbie do?" And then you do that. Jokes aside, um, what would a champion do? Um, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus in this room tonight, you are a champion. In Christ, you're a victorious in Christ. Jesus Christ has purchased a victory for you and me by his death on the cross. And the question is, it, this is a great one that could help us. What would a champion do? So tonight I want to share, you, share with you four things, four quick 
biblical things, biblical principles that people who live in victory do. The first one, write this down. A champion understands the value of evaluation. You understand the value of evaluation. See, a champion evaluates. Um, Now, I understand, like I said a moment ago, not all of us in this room are athletes, and that's okay. You don't have to be, but hopefully you'll be able to catch this tonight. Um, uh, um, Because in some way or another in your life, you compete. Maybe who who plays, who's in band? Who plays band? Uh, Who's in, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Drama, acting stuff. Who's in uh, the debate forensic stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, and no matter what it is that you're doing, you're competing in one way or another. You're competing with someone. And so when I was a young kid, I, I loved playing sports. I actually still love playing sports today. Um, but I loved playing sports. And, and I loved playing all and any sports. You named it, like, let's play it. Let's do it. And my brother and I, we would make up games. We would make up, how many of you guys have siblings and you just, you make up the dumbest games. Like we would make up games and, and um, like we would say, we'd do stuff like, oh, let's see who can hold their breath the longest. And so you're like, one, two, three. <gasps> and then like you turn purple and someone passes out and you're like, loser. Like, you know, it's, we'd play stupid games like that. Or like, let's see who can punch the hardest. And, and here's the deal. I'm the youngest of six. So I lost, like, it was like, uh, you know, and like, they were laughing at me and, and, but like, let's see who can punch the hardest. And, and of course I always lost, um, cause my, my brother that's close he's two years older than I am. Um, but we would do stuff like this too. I don't know if you guys have ever done this to your siblings. Let's see who can punch the softest. You guys ever do that? And you'd be like, okay, you go first. And they're like, and then you're like, bam, I lose. Have you guys ever done that? Yeah. Okay. If, if you haven't, don't do it. Okay. Um, but anyways, I loved sports growing up. I loved, I loved wrestling. I loved football. I loved basketball. I loved PE. Who loves PE in school? Yeah. Like I remember, I remember moving up to middle school and maybe you guys can, can relate with me here. When you move up to middle school, like it broke my heart. To learn that P.E. isn't something you get to do every single day anymore. Right? Anybody else? You're like, oh, no more P.E.? And like it was, uh, and like anyone else, that was a sad day for you? Not just me. Okay. Um, But one of the times, um, one of the times that I realized when sports was getting really serious, when it was getting serious, when you realize sports are getting serious is when you realize that championships are on the line. When you realize that winning championships are on the line. You see, like as a kid, there's no real championships on the line. Like you just played, everybody gets a trophy and you get a pizza party at the end of the year and you did a good job and you did a good job and you did a good job. Like everyone did awesome, you know, like everyone gets the participation trophy and and there's not really a whole lot on the line. But when you get a little bit older, there are real championships on the line. There are banners to be hung. There are rings to be won. There are championships to be won. The conference championships, district championships, state championships. And when it gets to this level, 
evaluation becomes part of the process. See, in, in high school, what we would do is, when I was in high school, we would play a game on Friday night. And then the whole team would come back on Saturday morning and watch game film of the game that just happened the night before. And we would watch game film and we would all sit there and, and the coaches would evaluate every person, every play. And they would grade you and they would talk about you and call you out in front of the whole team if you messed up or if you make mistakes. And you're like, you idiot. And like they're calling you out because you, you busted the play. Or like you, you, you blew it up or like you, it was terrible or you messed up like, like, and, and you would be, they would tell you like what you need to work on. And like, they would even see if you would take plays off, which that means like you didn't work very hard on that play. Like, and, and you, and so you're like, coach, like, why do we need to do this? Like I killed it last night. I did awesome. And then you watch the game film and like the coach chews you out for not making that play or not making that tackle or not making that block or being out of position. And the coaches would evaluate you on every single play. Because champions understand the value of evaluation. See, that same simple principle can be applied to your life. I've seen Christians like many of you guys in this room begin to grow and begin to change by leaps and bounds in their relationship with Jesus. When, but when they evaluate their life and the things they do and the things that they say through the lens of Jesus and through the Bible, like let me, let me encourage you tonight to begin to evaluate your life through the lens of the Bible, through, through the lens of Jesus, as you go through life, you, you, you be, ask yourself, what would a champion do? What would a champion of Christ do? Begin to evaluate the way you talk. Is that, is that glorifying? Is the, the words that I say, the way that I talk, the things that I do glorifying to Christ? Are the things that I watch, the things that I participate in, begin to evaluate your life. Does that give glory to God? Or am I just like talking garbage? Is garbage coming out of my mouth? Am I gossiping? That's sure not giving glory to God. Like, let me encourage you tonight to begin to evaluate your life. You need to know this. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says this. It says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. It says, test yourselves. See, if you want to live a life of victory... You have to evaluate what you're doing. You have to evaluate the way you're living. See, it's a championship principle. When we examine things through, through the lens of Jesus, we can celebrate and repeat these valuable things and remove the bad things, remove the wrong things. See, it's important to evaluate. Evaluate everything in your life. Your friendships, your relationships, the, thing that, the things that you look at on your phone or on your computer, the way you speak, the words that come out of your mouth. How do you talk to your siblings or to your parents? And so much more. Evaluate these things and say, would Christ be pleased by the way that I'm living my life? See, one of the greatest resources that we provide is the church. It's one of the greatest resources, and, so, and by this, we can invite people into, evalu- into the evaluation process. See, I, I want you to know it's a huge value for you to invite other people into your life 
and say to them, I want you to evaluate my life. And you need to know this, and I'm sure you're already thinking, heck no. But you need to know this. It's such a difficult thing to do because you're asking someone to be totally and completely honest with you. And it could hurt. It could hurt your feelings. It could hurt your pride. It could hurt. But it's the right thing to do. Sit down with someone you love and someone you trust. Not just, not just a pal, not just a friend, but a, a leader, a godly leader, someone you look up to and someone you respect and, and say, I want you to evaluate my life. I want you to look at who I am and what I do. And down on deep on the inside, Am I living for Christ? Am I really showing it in my life? And ask him to be honest. I, I hope you have friends that you love and that you, you could trust, that could give, you could give them permission to give you honest evaluation. Simply ask them something like this. Say, can you tell me where you see me winning in my walk with Jesus? So can you tell, and I put this on the screen because I want you to write it down because I want you to use it. Can you tell me where you see me winning in my walk with Jesus? Or can you tell me where you see me making mistakes in my walk with Jesus? These things are valuable for you to continue to grow in your walk in Christ. See, but the thing is, it's going to take guts. It's, it's so difficult and it's so tough to do. It's going to take guts. You're going to have to be a little bit vulnerable, actually a whole lot vulnerable. But if you really, honestly want to grow in your relationship with Christ, you've got to take this step. You've got to take this step. And, and, and you need to know this too. We've got some of the most amazing leaders in this room who, who are here for you, who love you, who want to help you. If you're one of our leaders in this room, would you put your hand up? Yeah. The, and then like Rex and Megan are downstairs because he's actually being voted on tonight to be a possible board member. Um, and then um, like I think Kristen's downstairs checking it out and Eric's right there and Denise is there. And like well, all these people right here, they love you guys. They want to see you grow in your relationship with Jesus. These would be great people to sit down with and say, could you tell me where you see me winning or where you see me failing in my relationship with Jesus? And we love you enough that we're not like going to destroy you. We're, we, won't, we won't ever do that. But we will lovingly tell you where you need to start. See, a good coach will challenge their players to get the very best out of them. A good coach will challenge their players. And that's why we have the very best adult leaders right here in this room. Catch one of them. Grab, I had coffee with a student right before church tonight. And just got to sit down with him and just hear his heart and hear what he's doing and, and how he's growing in Christ. And, and I absolutely love doing things like that. Spend time with these people. They're here because they love you and they want to be here for you. See, a champion understands the value of evaluation. The next thing you need to know this is this. A champion is ready in season and out of season. Um, see, I remember when I first kind of grasped this when I first began to understand this in my life. Um, well, when you're young and playing sports, you just play whatever sports in season. Like I played football in football season. I played basketball in basketball season, wrestling in wrestling season. Like, and I would, like I would play basketball in basketball season, 
but I wouldn't touch the basketball again until that season rolled around again. And, and, or I would play the sport that I was playing in season. See, but as I got older and, and it got more serious and things were on the line, people started taking their sport real seriously. The same can be true, said, the same can be true about Scripture. The Bible tells us that there's not just a season for a Christian life. There's not just a season for that. Like we're called to be ready in season and out of season. Basically, it says we're called to be ready at all times. I'll never forget, we went on a missions trip several years ago, and there's this girl who went on this trip, awesome girl. But she was going to be a senior this next year. And she had a great experience. God moved in her life on this missions trip. And right the last day of this trip, she's like, this will probably be the last thing I do with our youth group. Like, what are you talking about? You got your whole senior year. And she's like, yeah, I've got my whole senior year and I want to live it how I want to live it. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. And like my heart is like, no, you can't just be Christian here and then decide not to here. You have to be Christian here and here. You have to do it, you have to do it in season and out of season. Paul writes this in 2 Timothy 4.2. He says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. See, there, there's not a season to be ready for the game of life. And then there's a season to be ready for, for the Christian. Like, we have to be ready at all times. See, if you look through sports, the best growth times of you, any of you guys who are athletes in this room, the best growth times are made in the off-season. That's when you're hitting the weight room. That's when you're, that's when you're uh, uh, working on your strength and agility and, and all this kind of stuff is in the off-season. See, right now it's not even football season, but I guarantee you that the very best uh, football teams are currently getting ready for this season. They're in the weight room. They're running routes. They're prepare, preparing for the season to come. You don't wait for the season to start. You make the greatest improvements in the off-season. See, the separation is in the preparation. If you want to set yourself, separate yourself from everyone else, then you prepare harder than everyone else. You don't just wait until it's time everyone else, oh, we're all going to prepare. You prepare in advance. See, I love to see this This. Instant season, in season and out of season. Like, I love to see it when it clicks with students. I love to see it when it clicks with you guys. When you realize that you don't just turn Jesus on at the worship moments in, in, in service. That you don't just, or, or in that church moment. You, you don't just show up at church on Wednesday and then you enter into your Christian season. And then you walk out that door and you're not in the Christian season anymore. Like there's this incredible shift that takes place when a young person realizes that you can't just compartmentalize your life. You can't just have the church you and then you have school you and then you have home you. You, you have to be Christian here and here and here. It's not something you just do on the part time. A life that is ready in season and out of seasons at, at all time. The third thing I want you to know is this. Anybody catching this tonight? Okay, just checking. You're awful quiet. A champion understands that momentum matters. How many of you guys ever watched a game or, or played in a game where you see the momentum shift? 
You know what I'm talking about? You see the momentum shift. And uh, the most recent momentum shift that I've seen was the Super Bowl. You stopped. You left before halftime. <laughs> you left before halftime crying. And so anyways, I'm sorry. Anyways, here's what happened. The Falcons were up 28 to 3. The Falcons were up and and it was it looked like hopeless for the Patriots, right? It looked hopeless and like and and so they were running away with it. Then all of a sudden a play happens. A hustle moment happens. A turnover happens. And then momentum begins to shift in an instant and it doesn't turn back. And as much as I absolutely hate it, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Any Patriots fans? Johnny, where you at? Okay. I'm surprised I didn't hear you yell. Come on, Johnny, we got. There we go. So, <laughs> but here you need to know this. You need to know this. There's momentum in the Christian life as well. There's momentum in our Christian life as well. At, at this time in your life, it's really great to recognize the power of momentum. See, every single day there's momentum in the decisions that you make. Setting an alarm clock. And waking up in the morning, you may hate it, but it's positive momentum in your life. It's momentum to, to the start of your day. You may hate it. You hear the alarm clock, but I don't want to wake up. Yeah, like How many of you guys, your parents still wake you up in the morning? Be honest. Yeah, that's all right. I see those hands. How many guys, you wake up on your own. You got your own alarm clock. All right. <laughs> See, here, here's what used to happen to me. Listen, listen. Here's what used to happen to me in the summer. I used to love not setting my alarm clock. You know what I'm talking about? I used to love and, and just sleeping in and, and just loved it. Like I would stay up real super late and then sleep in for like most of the day. And then what happened, that pattern, it turned into weeks. Like I would do this for weeks. And then that pattern turned into like a month. And I would do this like all summer long. And I remember, I remember like um, during parts of the summer, I would even forget what day of the week it was. Because I, I was like, I was sleeping in, I was being super lazy, just eating Cheetos and watching Sports Center like all day. Like, it's so lazy. And, and there, there's momentum to the decision to not set my alarm. See, let me tell you tonight, you have the opportunity every single day of your life to start your day with a win. Who likes to win? We all do. You have the opportunity to start your, start your day every single day with a win. See, who here, who in this room, you'd be honest, you say, I really struggle in the mornings. Like, you're not a morning person. Like, maybe you wake up a grouch. Maybe you wake up looking like the girl from the Ring movie. Like, like you're, you're like from The Walking Dead or something like that. Like, let me give you, let me give you a simple way. Let me give you a simple way to start your day with a win. Okay, catch this. A simple way to start your day with a win. 
Set your alarm. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Some of you guys already hate this. You're already hating this. But set an alarm, get up in the morning, do a daily devotion, spend time with God, read your Bible, pray. I, I absolutely love, and I, and I do this most on Sunday mornings because it's, I don't know why, but, and I do it other days of the week too, but I, actually, I absolutely love waking up in the morning and, and putting on, I, I got Spotify playlist, and I put on this Spotify, Spotify playlist, and I blast worship music throughout my whole house. It sets the tone for my day. It sets the attitude in my home. And it sets my heart right when I wake up grumpy and grouchy and st- even looking like the girl from the ring. Like, and and it's just, it just sets the tone for your day. If you would start your day and spend your day with God first, it sets the tone. There, it begins that momentum for your day. Start your day playing worship music. If, if you start your day worshiping Jesus, there's not a whole lot that can get you down after that. See, if you've got enemies at school, maybe some of you guys have frenemies. Try this. Try this. Pray for them before you even walk into your school. Pray for them. Call them out by name. Pray for those enemies before you even walk into your school. Here's the deal. It's hard to hate anyone that you're praying for. It's hard to hate anyone that you're praying for. Talk about momentum. Lord, uh, I, I know I'm not supposed to hate, but there's this guy every day. He shoves me into my locker like, and he's just evil. Lord, just cast the demons out of this guy. Like, like, ha, like, like do something in his life. God, like just, Whatever it is you got to do, it, before you walk into that school, pray for that person or that group of people. It's hard to hate people you're praying for. Another great small thing you can do to gain momentum in your life, you probably won't like this either. And it's not even really a spiritual thing. It's actually scientifically proven. But a great small thing you can do to gain momentum in your day is to make your bed in the morning. I'm not even kidding. Scientifically, scientifically proven, okay? You only believe in science. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Know this. Know this. You can't control everything that comes at you throughout the day, but you can control the effort that takes to make your bed. I don't know. As weird as it is. Start your day with a win. Start your day with a win, and it will be a great momentum starter for your day. I don't know about you guys. Sometimes I have to do this too. Something that I do personally, I have to force myself to smile in the mornings. And I'm like, and like, if you're smiling, it's hard to be mad. It's hard to be angry. It's hard to be upset with your kids who won't get up and Put the clothes on. I, I don't know. It's hard to be upset with those things when you got a smile on your face. Man, I'm really mad at you right now. But look at this smile. It's going to be a good day. Like, I don't know. 
Start your day, force a smile on your face. Side note, if you make your bed, if you start your day making your bed, your mom will love you forever. And she might even let you stay out past curfew. I don't know. Well, here's the deal. Okay, okay, moving on. Sorry, sorry. But some people, listen, some people have this busted mindset that, that says this. That says, I'll take the things of God seriously when I'm older or when I'm an adult. And some people have that busted mindset. They're like, okay, I'll do this. It's fun now. Like, I just go and have fun. But I'll take it more seriously when I'm an adult, when I'm older. See, you guys need to know this tonight. When you're young, it's the best time for you to establish habits in your life that are going to, inform, that are going to form the rest of your life. See, ladies in the room, how many of you guys would love an incredible marriage someday? And I, ladies, yeah, yeah, you would love an incredible marriage someday. Like you look at your life and in the future you want a championship marriage. See, but listen, 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 right now that the age you're at is a great time to build momentum towards a great marriage 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road. But right now is the best time to build momentum towards that. Here's the deal, and here's how it works. Listen, listen, you need to know this. Here's how it works. You aren't going to date now and make poor decisions with guys you date, and then one day turn around and just expect a championship marriage. You can't be in relationships now and make poor decision after poor decision after poor decision. And then one day you decide you're going to have a championship marriage. It doesn't work that way. Same is true for the guys. How many of you guys, one day you would like to end up in a great relationship? Yeah, okay, a couple, a few guys. All right. Well, here's the deal. You, you won't get a great relationship in the future if you, if you take the way you speak to girls now, the way you treat young ladies now, and, and if the way that some people take advantage uh, of that and having, having relationships the wrong way. See, if you're doing that, you're building a negative momentum towards your relationship in the future. Because you've got all these mess ups, you've got all these mistakes, you've got all these things you've done wrong. And then one day you're going to take them to the person that you're married, you're getting married to. And you've got to say, here's where I messed up. And, and here's where I messed up. And here's where I failed. And you carrying all this baggage into your future marriage. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this because he's not here tonight. Um, last Wednesday... I don't know if you guys know this, but you're invited to McDonald's after church. We all go and hang out. Uh, but last Wednesday, leaving McDonald's, I walk out. I'm walking out with my kids to my car, and I see Max Poisoner. You guys know Max? I see Max Poisoner walking out to the car with Katie, his girlfriend. And he goes, and he opens the door for Katie and lets her in the car. And then he goes around and gets in and, and they leave. And here's the deal. I was really impressed because I don't see a lot of grown men doing that, let alone teenage guys. 
I was impressed. I was really glad to see, and, and I'm not saying Max is perfect or he's the perfect gentleman, but man, that was a pretty gentlemanly thing to do. Ladies, are you impressed? Guys, take notes. See, the Bible talks about this. Listen, the Bible talks about this in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. It says this, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. See, Paul here, he was really emphasizing that it's all about the basic small things in life. The small decisions that we make every single day have the, have the, have the power, have the momentum to carry us forward. The fourth and final thing I want you to know is this, and, and we're going to be wrapping up. Um, a champion has a different mindset. A champion has a different mindset. Have you guys ever heard of his airness, the Michael Jordan? You guys ever heard of that guy? You guys don't even play. He is the greatest, the greatest to ever play the game of basketball. The greatest. And if I want you to hear this quote, listen, listen. I want you to hear the, <clears throat> hear this quote that Jordan said about this championship mentality. Check this out. He says, I've missed over 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that's why I succeeded. The greatest to ever play the game. See, Michael Jordan didn't look at failure the way that everyone else looks at failure. See, a lot of people are, are completely paralyzed by failure in their life. See, I, I, I'm, I'm that way too. I hate, I hate to mess up. I hate to fail. But I do it often. I do. And, the, and failure was something that Michael Jordan, uh, it inspired him to be better. It pushed him to work harder. See, this isn't original to sport. We can see this over and over and over again in Scripture. Because, because of God's grace, that gives us the opportunity to improve on our failures. Check this out. Philippians 3, 12 to 14, it says this. Not that I have already attain, obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take, take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind. He's saying I'm forgetting my past, forgetting my mess-ups, forgetting my mistakes. But I strain forward for what is ahead. I press on, I move on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. See, I, I love this mindset that forgets yesterday and strains for the future and strains for tomorrow and pushes for tomorrow. See, I love that Christ gives us grace over our past sins and we don't have to live with them today. Jess, would you play some music? I, I, you have to forget the sins of yesterday. And I know it's difficult. And, and, and there's some things that you will never forget. There's sins in my life, there's mistakes that I've made that, that I can recall, and, and, and I know that I will never forget them. But let me tell you a beautiful thing tonight, that when you go to God, say, God, I messed up here. 
I made this mistake. Would you forgive me for it? I ask for your forgiveness right now. Guess what? It's wiped clean. It's forgotten. The past is forgotten. And you may not forget your past. Other people may not forget your past. But who are you living for? Are you living for other people? Are you living for yourself? No, you're living for Christ. And he's the only one who matters. And if we've got forgiveness from him, that's all that matters. So our future is bright. Our future is good. Our future is set. Because he doesn't remember our past. See, as I close tonight, these victorious mindsets that I've talked about are only for those who are in Christ Jesus, who've accepted Christ Jesus. See, Jesus Christ is the only undefeated, victorious champion that the universe has and offers. See, tonight, there's two kinds of people in this room here tonight. Um, Those who can live a victorious life Because they're in Christ and those who are living in defeat tonight. Because, uh, But Jesus has provided a victory to you because of what he's done for you. See, my goal is for you all, every single one of you guys here, to live a victorious life. To live a victorious lifestyle. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads for a moment?